Welcome to the Friday Night Review again. It's Friday night. Can you believe it? <laughs> the, the weekend is upon us. Oh, help. <laughs> yes. So a huge welcome. We're joined tonight by our writer for the week, Jonathan Fleming. And uh, we're also joined by our resident uh, panelists, uh, James Cathcart and Laura Dagen. And uh, Dr. J is not with us tonight because he is uh, on duty. Oh, he said, got to do it. Depending yep. on how it is, you know, he always tries to come in, but he seldom ever does because uh, I think he's he's on duty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but tonight we're going to be thinking about tears. And we're going to be thinking about a... Tears, rediscovering our song, and lighting a candle in the darkness. Uh, that's our, our kind of areas that we're going to be thinking about tonight. But we're going to also do a little review around the site and uh, just highlight some things that's maybe worth talking about. And we can maybe ourselves, if you've got something in, in the site that's been interesting to you this, this week, let's say, uh, have a conversation. But I thought we could start off with the, with. Alex's contribution, Alex Shuttleworth's contribution to our site for the last, well, forever, <laughs> has always come up with things for us. But his constancy with the evening prayers, light in our darkness, has been such a blessing to people. Oh, I know. It really has, hasn't it? And it's, uh, and you think that, you know, how long that, that um, this has been going on for. Um, you know, because I was thinking about, you know, that, that we were doing rather well, Albert, we are morning prayers. You know? I know. Well, you're doing better. <laughs> but it's like it, the, the discipline, actually, that, that's involved in, um, I like, all, you know, delivering this every day. You know, it's, um, oh, it's wonderful. It's such a blessing to us. You know, it really is such yeah. a blessing uh, and I think it's just the, the the rhythm of what he comes up with, you know, the, that colic, you know, light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night through the love of our only, uh, your, your only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. That kind of repetitive thing, eh, it, 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 it starts off thinking it's repetitive, but it begins to seep into you, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Since since this lockdown um, over uh, in the month uh, since January, I went on on a Friday night um, onto my own personal Facebook page and and did a a short compline using the Celtic Daily Prayer Book, and the reaction to it was incredible. I, 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 the the number of people that jumped on and said, "Oh, thanks so much for that. I really needed that," and so. It's interesting, in the background, I've got a candle lit, and, I'm, and I've, this is not the same candles I had in January, I hasten to add. It's about the third one I've had since. And um, I went out market, though. I've got one of these ones with a crackling wick now. So, oh, anyway, get you, um, Jonathan, and your crackling know. wick. And so, that, sounds, that sounds, that's the name of a band, Crackling Wick. Crackling Jonathan wick. Fleming and the Crackling Wick. Absolutely, Jonathan. But interestingly enough, I, I've, kept the, I've kept the matches that I've used to light each of the nights. And now that's now about what, 60 odd days I've been doing it now. Wow. And wow. Um, and people are tuning in every night and just enjoying that, um, that that opportunity at the end of the night, just to be still. And mm. I used a variety of things. There's been a lot of stuff from Iona, stuff from the Celtic Daily Prayer Book. I used um, 
it was a uh, Pete Gregg wrote a compliment on twenty four seven prayer right. and just just sort of varying them around and mm. I've really enjoyed the discipline, um, let alone you know the the, the people who mm. are, have been participating. It's it's almost been a great it's been an opportunity just to ground yourself and centre yourself mm. amidst all of the chaos that's been going on in this in society just now. You know I think you're absolutely right, Jonathan. That uh, I think both Laura and I are finding that too. That discipline of early morning prayer. We, you know, we, 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 we sometimes, and it just needs, we sometimes forget about how important that is. Mm. And uh, being able to, in Bowness, I remember years ago when I was in Bowness, we used to uh, have daily prayers uh, for, the, for the, the, the team. Mm. And uh, we, we, it was, again, it was like, a, 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 it was um, from Lindisfarne, yeah. you know, and um, uh, and the, the the idea was, you know, if you came in and and nobody was there, you just carried on. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. And uh, Neil McLennan tells a story about how he, you know, one, a few weeks he was week he was coming in, he was on his own. There was no one else there, and he's saying, "Why am I doing this?" But then he began to realise it was the rhythm of doing it and getting involved. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Um, yeah, it draws us into God's presence. Very much so. And it is one of those things where over the course of the pandemic, at the very beginning, there was this sort of, there was this knee-jerk reaction to doing stuff, you know, because mm. obviously the in-person stuff had obviously been shut off from us as of the 17th of March of this of this year when the when the, the edict came from above. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there was this, we need to do something. And the first thing that went out the window for a lot of people, I can't speak for everyone, but the first thing that went out the window for a lot of people was that personal devotion to God as, you know, as, as people in ministries. And, mm. uh, and so, you know, I've really loved that opportunity to really sort of allow myself to reconnect with God um, and to know that other people are walking that journey along the way has been a blessing as well. You know, this is a great because you're just opening up our conversation tonight, Jonathan, to where I want to lead it. There's a lot of things I want to just lead us into some areas of thought, which I think it would be great to have your opinion as well as everyone else's on 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 where we're going. But leading us into from this, into this area of prayerfulness um, you know, I know within our tradition in, in the Church of Scotland, we've not been into Lent historically, mm. but uh, in 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 the last 50, 60 years, there's been a much more a under, much more integrated understanding of trying to work with the church calendar. And uh, I know that uh, James and, and and Laura, you're working on some material uh, that we're going to be using on the site coming up for. Holy Week. Do you want to say a wee bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we uh, so we had our first Lent retreat, which was an event that people could come to uh, over Zoom back in uh, February, I suppose, uh, the start of Lent. And uh, for this uh, second part, it's a again a digital retreat, but the idea is itself directed. So the material's up there, and uh, and you can sort of um, do it over in your own time over Holy Week. Um, and so Laura and I have been burning the midnight oil, haven't we? We've been slaving away, uh, editing podcasts and uh, films and um, uh, some PDFs and stuff as well. And uh, yeah, it's just been really rewarding, hasn't it, Laura, to work on? I think it's been a really uh, stimulating thing to kind of, just as you were describing, Jonathan, that sense of like, um, almost like a constellation, you know, picking and choosing different bits. So kind of remixing stuff that's from different traditions and backgrounds and, and reapproaching it. And it's been, um, yeah, really rewarding to work on. So the stuff will be up um, the just the weekend before Holy Week. 
Is there a particular theme, Laura, that you've worked been working on? Um, well, we're still well, we're still kind of we we've taken a lot of inspiration from our um, well from our Lent material, um, and but we're mainly this time last time we were it was you know our theme was um, with you know looking with fresh eyes, but this time it's it's we're we're taking inspiration from the events of Holy Week, um, and just you know kind of. I'm saying playing with them, but but probably like but but the idea of delving deeper, you know, and making making these encounters that other people have had with Jesus in that week personal to ourselves, you know. So we 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 live these experiences as well, you know, in that time. And there's this idea, you know, that that through the incarnation that Jesus comes alongside us. And so uh, our sort of thought this Holy Week is that we are coming alongside Jesus. Um, and so the, the podcast series um, will be a kind of like a Stations of the Cross type thing or kind of or sort of drawing on that tradition. But um, but in an audio, uh, hopefully slightly interactive audio format, um, mm. if we can uh, get it all to come together. So, um, no, it's really it's been very fun to work on. Yeah. Jonathan, are you doing anything special leading up to Holy Week? Well, and obviously, we're at the we're looking at this whole situation as to whether or not the we'll get the green light on the twenty third for worship services to resume on Palm Sunday. Um, I, the situation, obviously, I've got the I've got two charges at the moment. I've got one in the mainland in Largs, and I've got one in the Isle of Cumbria, and. Cumbria Parish Church, that building, as, you, as many of you will know, it was built in 2019 and then in, for, the, for the whole of 2020, it's been shut. And obviously, as someone who has, who is very much a, a, someone who likes to promote the idea of taking the church out the building and going out into the community, I'm also very sensitive to the fact that those sort of had this church been built for the congregate for the community of Cumbria, they've not been able to go in it. And so one of the things we're looking at trying to do is um, trying to, to have a series of uh, Holy Week reflections um, uh, over the over the course of the, uh, of the week and going between Cumbria and St John's. Obviously, we've got the uh, as worship leaders, we've got the ability to go into broadcast and to record and things like that. And we want to get back into um, Cumbria's building just to let people see the inside for a little while. And you know, while they're still at that, whilst many people are still at that point of um, maybe still wanting that build the building as that security when they are coming together for for, for worship in a sense. Um, Despite the fact that they've been the, the, the congregation of Cumbria and St John's have been have been formidable at journeying with us through Zoom all the way through lockdown, but um, we want to get, let them see inside, and I think for that for them that will be a, an opportunity for them to to ground themselves in Holy Week, and we'll also be doing that in in conjunction with um, some of our other neighbouring congregations who have not got the ability, who have not who are not on um, who have not got anything planned yet. We've said to them, look, why don't you just come in with us? And you know, it's actually that idea of it's not about us being in our own silos. You know that old song, you and your small corner and I and mm -hmm. mine. It's you know it's about us journeying to the cross together, and mm -hmm. um, so we'll be using a series of of reflections from a variety of sources, a bit like the the evening prayers and and um, and hopefully uh, having a sort of interactive journey where we'll be encouraging people to do things at home as well as reflecting on on the words as we journey towards the cross of Good Friday. Mm -hmm. I always always think it's such a a wonderful time to just try different things and mm -hmm. to use that Holy Week period to 
break free from some of the things that we normally do and, and work together with others. It gives us an opportunity, doesn't it? Yeah. To reach out to others. Yeah. What we have done is we've got, we've got a walk of witness where we've pre-recorded something each of the days. And then on Good Friday, there'll be a, a there'll be something broadcast at one o'clock, two o'clock and three o'clock. And, and then on on the evening of Good Friday, um, we're hoping to live stream a, a, teneb a, a tenebrae service um, where we will extinguish candles and with with readings as we as we go through the, the Good Friday narrative and then plunge the, the church into darkness in advance of the of the, the resurrection on Sunday. Wow. Yeah, that's a quite a moving service, the, the tenebrae service, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, just thinking about things, uh, if we can move on a wee bit today uh, into another area that I've been thinking about is um, I was listening to the news this week, and I don't know if you came across the story about the 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 region honey eaters in in Australia the the, the birds the, the, the songbirds yeah and they're becoming almost this an an extinct group mm. and the songbird is for they're forgetting their song Aww. because there is no there there's not enough of them to let the younger ones hear the song enough. They don't hear the song enough. And so some of the, the, the songbirds are singing other birds' songs that are not their songs. That's and bad. It got me thinking, is there, a, is there something there, an analogy, something for us to be thinking about? Could we as a church, sometimes we're losing our song? And... We pass the song, the gospel on through our, you know, we, can I just take this into this whole area of our covenant theology, where we pass the faith to our children and our children's children. We tell them the stories of grace. Mm -hmm. But if we stop telling them the stories of grace, they won't know how to sing the songs of grace. I, it's, um, that, uh... I think that I think you you're you're hitting on something here, Albert. You know, within our um within our society, um because I know a few of my friends have um you know worried about maybe like a a lost generation, you know, and this this bird actually really does um highlight a problem that that could be there for you know within our church because. If you know if there's people missing, you know that they can't pass things on, and you know so who do you learn from? Mm -hmm. You know where where do you learn from? And then it's just like picking up wee bits, you know, wee drabs and drabs. You know, you look quite likely maybe people look to you know whoever um, sings the loudest, <laughs> and you know there's <laughs> a lot of them that sing the loudest, especially <laughs> like one of the American style ones, yeah. you know. Um, and so there's that there is um and if people don't really understand you know less especially um more things that are more deep rooted within our tradition mm -hmm. um you know within our theology why we do things because that's the thing it's like I don't think we talk enough about why we do it and it's like this is something that I think's been really good Al but with our, our live our live connect group 
you know, mm -hmm. because we're able to, um, and I think this is why people are enjoying it, because they're, they're, they're you know, we're exploring things and then, you know, we're, we're being able to tease, you know, more of the theology out, you know, that's behind the scripture, you know, behind why we do things, you know, especially around, you know, like well, we've, we've had discussions about baptism and, uh, you know, a whole load of things, mm -hmm. why we're doing it. And, and people are, I think people are responding to it because it's like, oh, right, oh, that's why we do it. You know, oh, right, oh, oh so, and then it's starting to, things then mm. make sense. Mm. And so I think there has to be more of, of, more opportunities like this because in church quite often, I think that, you know, you're, you're getting maybe only like a flavor of it and people who are out with, you know they're they're not they're, they're not picking up on these things. It's like a wee club. Yeah, if you're in, ah, yeah, it's okay for those. But for the people outside that 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 maybe that they still believe in God, but they maybe don't go to church. They maybe don't want to go for whatever reasons. They've maybe been hurt or you know whatever. Um, mm -hmm. but they still want to know God. You know, and having these places where we can you know discuss things and highlight it why we're doing things i think that's that that's a good thing you know we can keep our song alive <laughs> i love that laura and I, I think i think the other thing in that in, in this is when you look at the when you look at a flock of birds you don't have the adult birds learning to sing from one another and the kids or the, or the baby birds learning to sing in a separate flock <laughs> and, and i think that's another part of it i think this sort of, one of the things that we've got to look at really, really closely is the intergenerational part of things. And I think that's another part. I think if we have it that we've got generations of our adults who have lost their song, how can we expect our young ones to be able to sing the song when, when and, and apart from anything else, we want it that that they're actually singing together when they when they, when they're not part of the bigger flock when they're maybe as a family of birds, you know when a family goes away in its own. But if they're not singing the same song and learning the same things, how are they? And how is that? How's that song going to be passed on properly? And I think that's one of the. I think we need to be getting. We need to be looking at how we re-establish this intergenerational worship again and how we do things. Not in difference, not in our silos of old and young. It's the whole flock together singing the same song, learning the same song, mm. and passing that song on. And and I think that the analogy works spot on, Albert. I think it's it's really true. And I think what was also really interesting was that when they were learning the other, when they were learning songs from other birds, because obviously the the, the, the their own the, the, this own the, this breed was obviously in small numbers. Obviously, what was happening there is when when the the songs were all getting mixed up, that interfered with the ability to mate and the ability to grow that um, mm. you know to grow that breed again. And mm. if we are if we have not got a if if we're not sending the the, the right messages within the church and uh, uh, within you know within the faith, if we're not actually passing on the the the, the, the true story, then. Obviously, that then means. How does that then allow the church to grow and to and to multiply if we're not passing that message on effectively and the right message on effectively? And I think that's another large part of it as well. You know, Jonathan, 
I came across this. I've been writing, tied in with all this. I wrote another article this week, uh, sent it away for Life and Work, okay. my Life and Work article. And it was reminded of all this was uh, when a minister in the Church of Scotland is being ordained, the question that this answer asked is, are not zeal for the glory of God, love to the Lord Jesus Christ, and a desire for the salvation of men, and that includes women and children, Indeed. so far as you know your own heart, your great motives and chief inducements to enter into the office of holy ministry. They are. You see, what we need in ministry is passion for Christ. Amen. Passion for the Lord Jesus. Yes. And when that passion gets into our lives, we want to share it with others and, yeah. and, make, and, and make disciples. Yes, absolutely. And do you think we've maybe lost the passion? We've become church members, become church ministers. We've gotten so caught up into, into process. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know, actually, right, I, I was, sometimes I felt that folk are a wee bit embarrassed by me and my, my, my zeal for Jesus. <laughs> That's how I felt at times, you know, that the folk are, oh, here she goes again, here she, even, even in church, actually. And, and that's how I really think we need to, we need to bring that back, you know. Have, well, it's, it's there in the ordination vows. Yeah. I'm not zeal. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. I'm not zeal for the glory of God. It, it makes me cry when I hear that. I don't know. Yep. It, it, it wells something deep within me that wells up and says, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I think, and you know, I think what's also quite special about that vow, about that, um, about that vow as well, though, Albert, is it's the only one where there is a different response. It's the, it's the one where it's not just a case of going through the motions and saying, I do, I do, I do. It's they are. Oh. It's an affirmation of who you are and what you stand for. And, you know, and it's that thing where you want to pause at that minute and you want to say, well, bloom and do it then. Yeah. It's not, as I say, it's not a case of, you know, when, and I think, I think you're, you're absolutely spot on, Laura. It's the, the zeal. Where is the zeal? Where is the passion? Where's that fire within us? You know, there's that thing of, I think we've, I think we've come, I think for a lot of people, there is that fear element of disrupting the status quo because the first thing that people are worried about is being the, is being the scapegoat, being the blame for some of the, the, for those who are maybe more steeped in the tradition saying, oh, no, this is far too new and uh, you know, too newfangled for me. And, you know, oh, no, I'm not. Action songs and, you know, blowing bubbles in church and, you know, and uh, all these different things. I remember I, I did a service, um, it was, I had a baptism and we were, you know, we were talking about, and one of the things I was talking about was I had them all blowing bubbles. I'd given everyone an individual bottle of bubbles to blow in the service and hundreds of churches have done it. You know, it's not, I'm not doing anything new. But I got an email afterwards going, I think he maybe took things a wee bit too far there. I think a few of them might go across the road after that service. And I was like, do you know what? Off you go. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I wonder if they just meant a few of the bubbles would go across the road. <laughs> I hope so, if we read it charitably. So, yeah. But do you know what? It's that thing of you, you, you reach a point, don't you? You reach a point where you're just like, yeah. look, I can. we cannot let a handful of folk within a church 
dictate how the church moves forward. Mm. And I think that's exactly the situation we've got in, and it's, it's been permeated across the across the kirk in that we, we we're fearful of upsetting. You know, it's like, oh, but don't forget they faith. You know, they you know a lot of people they put a lot of money into the church, and you know they've been here for a long time. They've had their time, and they've got to let others have their time as well. Yeah, and I that, have an example, but, um, not from the church, but um, from a, a third sector uh, organization. I was at this big conference a while back. Um, some years ago now and there was this man giving this quite staid presentation and let's not rock the boat and all the rest of it but he had a throwaway line at one point with a kind of malapropism and he said i just want to make sure we're all talking from the same hymn sheet um <laughs> which just struck me as a beautiful thing to say yeah. because you're not using your hymn sheet right if you're yeah. talking from it exactly. and i think perhaps too often in the church and in in wider society we kind of want that like okay we're we all the same are we all doing the same yeah. and we're kind of focusing on that and yeah. kind of keeping an eye on one another and not actually singing, which yeah. is the point, like the wee birds, you know, we're meant to be singing that song. And I think, you know, because those songbirds, like they're singing anyway, like you say, Albert, in terms of the analogy, you know, we can't stop singing. We can't stop telling stories, but we need to kind of reclaim, I think, as the church, some of that kind of creative space and energy that, you know, we can be storytellers and singers and, and we can help. Um, it's, it's because of up. our encounter with Jesus. Yes. It's, it's to do with... It's to do with knowing Jesus, you know, and, and this, the, even that, that I'm not zeal for our Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and your desire for the salvation of others. Yeah. It's because you're, you're involved in the joy of doing it. Yeah. But if, if you're not, in, you can't do it from a distance. You've got to participate. You see, there's a, this participation in the faith, in the doing just you know it's interesting if you listen to Alec Shuttleworth say re reflection this evening he talks about how love is a doing thing yes love is a doing word it's 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 about it's an act an activity and 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 sharing the faith is an activity that we must we share and we, and we draw and and but it's about because we know Jesus Yes. And I think that's what we need to encourage our people again to to realize that that's that's the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yep. being a member of the church, it's knowing Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's come across a lot over this last year, Albert. I think that I think when the church has been unable to be in the building, people have, have realized that the church is about being the hands and the feet and the mouth and the heart of Jesus in the mm. way that we have faithfully served communities all over Scotland and beyond. And, and I think that that has been a, a huge wake-up call for a lot of people um, where um, they have realised that the church has very much been the church in this time of lockdown mm. uh, without needing to gather to do the same thing week in, week out. And and I think that has been a, 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 that's been one of the one of the positives of not being in the church building. And I do think that what that has done is, if it, while it may not have had the opportunity to allow the song to be heard by you know, the, 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 all the generations in one place or, or, or for the generations to come to hear that song, I think what it's done is I think it's firmly set the tune again. Uh, and that I think we do have a, a, I think there is a melody there that we can pass on, but we've got to make sure that that does not then 
um, you know, we don't sort of say, oh no, we need to go back to the old melody. You know that way where, you know that way when you try and introduce a new melody to him and people go, oh no, I prefer the old one. We've got to allow that melody to be passed on going forward. There is a new melody, there's a new rhythm, there's a new time signature, there's a new key signature. We, and and the, all these things um, are, they're not being, they're not changed for change's sake. They're, they're changed because they are now singing a song of a new world. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was even thinking when I was writing my article, I was trying to think about this new, the, the melody is the same. There's something constant in the melody, but the, the rhythm is different mm. and the, the, the timing is different. And the, even the language we use, we sing it in might be different, but the song has got to be the same of forgiveness, of hope, mm -hmm. of sins forgiven, of a resurrected life in the future. And, you know, all these good things that we've really, that, that are all part of this song. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's how we can get that song so that others can understand it and it, and know it so that they live it so that they believe it so that it, it's it it becomes their passion mm. and i think there's something about the the repetition you know and just going through some of these things again and again and kind of getting the song through the love of it you know because when you think like rote learning just feels like oh here we go rote learning but actually there are things that we just know because you just know them because you just love them because they're just a fact and my wee daughter is uh, one and so we've got all these books that we read to her and one of the things that uh, lily and i like to do sometimes uh, to freak her out a little bit is to just start saying one of her stories from one of her books without the book there and she's like how are you doing that are you a wizard what's going on i don't know what's happening but what's funny about that is that i apparently now know like 30 40 books um in my head that i've never made any effort to memorize or or anything but just through the repetition and that shared experience of a, like a special moment uh, family moment has meant that they're you know they're in there and so i think it's kind of finding ways of rekindling that love just you know knowing the song for the love of it for the zeal not just because it's the right thing to do or because it's the way it's been done but because why would we want to do it another way it's I me mean, exactly but just do. think about this your sins are forgiven mm. stop for a moment and think about that your sins are forgiven my sins are forgiven my sins are forgiven my sins are forgiven. Yeah. Wow. You know, what does that do to your person? Yeah. You know, and, and it's that. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. And if my sins are forgiven, your sins are forgiven, then I can forgive you for the sins that you've wronged me. And, and I've, you know, and, and this is why all this stuff is Christianity. It's not pie in the sky when you die, but it's life now, here in the moment. Yeah. Because it's about helping people to understand that that's one of the key things we need to live to build relationships. Mm -hmm. How can we live with forgiveness? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's any, I don't know if there's any other message in the world that is so powerful than that message. You know? No. It's a good song. <laughs> it's a great song. song. <laughs> yep. 
you know? And so we think about tears and hope, don't we? We think about how our lives are all intermingled. It's all connected, you know, and for the song to be real, for the song to be authentic, it has to recognize that, you know, yes. and not just be a form of escapism because uh, our song and our story also has lament. Um, and, and, it's, mm -hmm. and, and Jonathan, you've written very movingly this week about uh, tears quite often um, mm. and, uh, and, and this idea of grief. But, um, but yeah, having a sort of meaningful meaningful relationship with that. Yeah, Jonathan, I thought uh, if we could move on to maybe just thinking a bit about that, mm -hmm. this idea you were talking about, it's a lovely picture you came up with, the tear catcher. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. um, that God, God remembers our tears. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of those, it's that, you know, when you read... When you read that um, in in the scriptures of God recording our tears, you know, you know, gathering them in a bottle, or um, gathering them in a bottle, or indeed, depending on the, in the translation, in a in, within a wineskin, you know, uh, you know, if, if if that's what you're, if, if 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 that's the translation you're going through, and the idea of the tears being recorded in a book, <laughs> and it's not a case of it, and it's that thing of tears. I don't know what it is. There has always been, there have been for, for, for many years and independent in many cultures, there's been this thing where tears are a sign of weakness. They're a sign of, you know, oh, you know if, if a man cried, for instance, it was, oh, you're a big wuss. You know, you know it's, what are you crying for? I am a crier. And, you know, it's when you're talking about music. Music is one of the biggest triggers of tears for me. And it's not... The word, it's not always words, it's, it's when you're listening to a piece of classical music or when, I remember I went to the, my wife and I, we went to the opera in Paris, we went to the, the Opera Nationale de Paris and we went to La Boheme and there was that wonderful, there's that wonderful scene um, where they're looking at the moon and, you know, and you know, Mimi's been serenaded and it's when they hit that high note in unison and I just, you know, the tears just started flowing from my eyes. Oh. And it's that, and, and and that music does that to me. And and the, the, you know, sometimes you know, you'd be watching things on the TV where you'll see you know those acts of kindness, and 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 I will cry, and I'm not ashamed to cry, and I and I want, and that's the sort of thing that, again. That's another song that I want people to hear is it's it's okay to cry, because mm -hmm. it's okay to be human, and I think that when you when you see the idea of God recording our, our tears, it's not because He's recording them because they're a bad thing, it's because they are part of who we are and they're precious and God wants to know us as inside and they're precious and God wants to know us inside and out in our happy times and our sad times in our tears of joy and in our tears of grief because mm -hmm. our tears of grief are part of our of, of what is our of, our of our personal tapestry and God has stitched us together each and every part of our tapestry and and, and the part of that is you know when is this is the, the the tapestry where there's the scenes of joy and the scenes of sadness but when you go on and hear, when you go on and read that passage in Scripture, the smallest passage of Scripture where Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. And it's the fact that there's no build-up to it and there's no explanation to it. It's just Jesus wept. And if they are not the most affirming words for someone to know that it's okay to cry, I don't know what is. Because when I read those words, they allow me to connect to Jesus in a way that a lot of the other things, you, you know, there is that sort of divide. 
you know, where you've got, you know, where you're, where you're, in, where you're in awe of this, of this, in, of this incredible teacher, the teacher of all teachers, the healer of all healers, the saviour of all saviours. But Jesus wept, and I weep, and you can weep, and it's okay to do that. That's a connecting factor which allows us to we, we can be united with Jesus in our tears. Mm. You know, it's what you're saying is we're really you're really opening us up as a community and as Christian men and women to look at our worship and what we do when we come together as a community. Do we leave space for the tears to flow? Do we leave space for the joy to happen? Do we do we look at the way we construct the worship? That that there is that we leave the space for the spirit to move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, got to finish at five to twelve. <laughs> what oh, happens? Exactly. You know, what happens, happens if the Holy Spirit says, but I want to do a work in this life? Yeah. I want to, this will take time. Yeah. And, and when you're preaching and when you're, when, and, and, and because remember, when we preach God's word, it's all part of the worship. It's, it's glory to God. And, and what, what would happen if we said to God, and I know I've prepared this sermon, but it, if you want to take me and fly, I'm willing to go. Yeah. I, and, and, and where would that take you? You know, and therefore then worship, coming to worship is not just something that's a set piece from like a, like a, you know, like a set piece that, that like clockwork. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we almost have got to enter into this to say, Lord, where are you going to take us today? Uh -huh. And for it to be, I think, uh, to be a community, you know, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable, mm. you know, for there to be trust, um, to, to be able to really connect with each other as a community. You know, you have to be able to trust one another and be able to be fully yourself, fully, fully yourself with your Lord, you know, just uh, with other people, you know, just because because it's not you, you're you're not with you know you don't worship the Lord in isolation, you know we're 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 a community, and so there has to be this space for and and the the permission, you know, to to be able to be truly yourself and to be able to express yourself and how you feel. You know, I've always really admired, you know, like the, the more Middle Eastern cultures where you see them, you know, really like like weeping and wailing and mm -hmm. all together as a collective. Mm -hmm. um, and there's something really powerful in that, you know, to be like, this is how we feel, you know, and it might be for, for one person, but, mm -hmm. but they're, they're feeling it together and there's something just so powerful in that and mm -hmm. we're you know, we have to allow ourselves this permission to be able to be ourselves and show, show our emotions in front of each other and, and weep for mm -hmm. joy and sadness and together. You know, there's a, there's a book that I've been reading about revivals and it says in... 1592, the General Assembly of 1592, 
The moderator called the assembly to humble themselves before God. And it, said, it says that for 15 to 20 minutes, a holy silence fell upon the, the, the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland. And ministers began to cry and weep and weep and cry before God and humble themselves in the presence of God. We would say that's not been in our tradition, but maybe it has. Maybe we've we've allowed ourselves to sing somebody else's song. Yes. Maybe that. we've been singing other songs that are not our songs at all. And maybe we need to get back to discovering some of these old songs again. Well, would to God that something like that would happen within our, our church. That that as we, we talk about remodeling and reshaping we get rid of the dross we throw out the stuff we don't need and we get back to following jesus just simple it's interesting you say that because this week's um lectionary passage from the gospels is when jesus realizes his hour has come when the greeks come to say sir we wish to see jesus and one of the things I learned when I was um, preparing the, the, my, my service, um, I'm actually I'm, I'm preaching to, I'm preaching a soul nominee to a, another congregation this Sunday. And so when I was preparing for this, I, I learned that in some pulpits, there's a plaque that mm -hmm. you'll find inside the pulpit that will say, "Sir, we wish to see Jesus," to remind the person in there that mm -hmm. the people in front of you want to see and hear Jesus. And Jesus wept. So they want to see and hear a Jesus who who cries mm. wow, amongst Jonathan. everything else. Wow. And we must never forget that. That's quite an insight, isn't it? I wish I'd, remember, I wish I'd known we were having this conversation and that could have been in my sermon. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> well, you see, you can still put it in your sermon. No, I can't. It's out there. It's getting. It's already recorded. It's going oh, to is it recorded? <laughs> Send a wee addendum. It's, it's, like, it's like friends. Oh, I'm and like, another at, thing. It's like at, at the following timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We can keep some of this for, for Sunday. So well, we I was just thinking about that, Laura, about, you know, with what you were saying um, uh, when we were planning this week about the idea of Jesus' mental health. Um, and that was something we want to talk a bit about on Sunday, this idea that, um, you know, we tend to get our head around Jesus's physical suffering and the idea that Jesus was fully divine, but fully human and felt these things. But we're often quite cagey about mental health and this idea of thinking about, you know, we all have brains. Jesus had a brain. We all have emotional things going on. And of course, Jesus would have had a mental health, but it's like we never really imagine that or configure it. And and as you say, Jonathan, it's so rare in the Bible to get a little insight like that, that it's so powerful that you get that phrase, Jesus wept, um, because it's almost like a little glimpse into an inner mind that we don't, um, you know, with the whole style of the Bible, you don't get to see much. Yeah. Um, and so I think, um, yeah, we're going to hope to talk a bit about that on Sunday, aren't we? This idea Do you think of Jesus was sowing in tears in front of Lazarus's grave, sowing in tears, knowing that he would be reaping in joy, but going through the sadness of knowing what Lazarus had experienced in, in this brokenness, seeing the brokenness of, of, of Martha and Mary and people crying yeah. around him. He too 
understood their pain and, and he finds himself crying with them. Yep. You Absolutely. Know, it's, it's, it's that, um, yeah, it's that. So, you know, it, it gets you thinking about, um, you know, just how we um, conduct ourselves even as a community. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The theme of the idea of weeping in public, mm -hmm. displaying tears, we're saying is a good thing. But it's a, it's it's got its moments. Mm -hmm. And 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 again this week the moderator has been inviting us along with the uh, Robbie Hamilton, I believe, one of the ministers in Hamilton Presbytery, yeah. to a to make a public display of of empathy with those who have been who have got tears in their lives, you know, lighten a again light for our lives, you know, in the midst of our tears. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I believe on Tuesday there's a, a an invitation for us all to stand at our doors with candles and to um, hold hold a candle. And remind ourselves of those who have lost their lives, but it's that display, that public display of tears. Is... Mm. Mm. Absolutely, um, I think it's. I'm. I'm really glad that there is something being suggested for you know to, to mark this occasion, and I think it is an opportunity for us to reflect and and to weep. Um, uh, you know when you know where um, you know when we feel moved to do so. Um, I know it, it'll, it'll be a difficult one. I, I remember I had a one of my elders in Cumbria um, sadly lost her life to COVID very, very early on in the pandemic. Um, and I was the only one at her funeral uh, in the crematorium um, for, for, because of um, self-isolation and all the other circumstances. And um, I was very fortunate to be able to be up and to say some words at the, at the crematorium. Um, and I sent a, a, a wee thing off to the family afterwards to let them know what I said. But the thing that broke my heart and the thing, and again, I broke into tears um, when I realised Mary had been doing, had always done the flowers in the church. And, the, and, and at that point, there was no opportunity for there to be flowers on her, on her coffin. Mm. And that really, and it was in that moment, I realised just what this pandemic, even in those very early stages, had, were, were robbing people of those opportunities yeah. to properly mark those occasions, to mourn their loved ones and, and, to, and, and so on. And it was just in, those, in that little moment of something just snapped in me and, I, and, and I'm glad it did. But I hope that on Tuesday, um, that uh, you know, if other people feel the same way, that as that silence draws on and you look into the flame, that not to be afraid to let the tears fall because so many have been robbed of the opportunity to to cry for their loved ones, mm. to hold their loved their loved ones around them, to hold their hands of their loved ones, um, and to be there to mark those occasions. And I think that if this is in one if this is one small way in which we can allow those tears to fall, um, then what a blessing it will be. Mm -hmm. mm. 
I was just thinking, Jonathan, of the words um, in your prayer, um, that one, the tear collector, yeah. um, when you wrote, there are a lot of tears being cried at the moment. Many of them are behind closed doors and bedroom doors, but God sees them and God feels them. Yeah. And I think tears can be such a kind of isolating thing on the one hand, you know, there can be that physical wanting to curl up and ball up and kind of shut things out, but also the vulnerability of tears and actually seeing one another cry can bring people together. And so there's that sense that even when we're alone, even when we've retreated as far as we can do, and we don't feel like we can be out there and go out there, God still notices. And that verb, I think I said to you before, that you chose that God feels them. You know, God doesn't just hear your tears. God God feels your cheek. God feels your tears. Yes. And, and so I think, you know, there's something, as you say, psychologically, it's just so heavy having been a year now and and all these perhaps when it's less than a year there's a sense that there's still time within the year to sort of round things off or close things off but i think the kind of heaviness of this last week is the sense that no we're just not getting that back this year has gone yeah. um but but can we find ways of coming together and kind of being honest about our tears and as you say letting them letting them fall um, yeah. because that can be the start um of of the healing there's something beautiful in that idea of standing on your doorstep with your door open yeah. and allowing that to happen you know in, obviously in contrast to what was written in the in the reflection it's that idea of actually opening your door and opening your heart and opening your soul up in front of other people who might be looking across a, across a cul-de-sac from you and actually saying you know looking at my own cul-de-sac I know that you know one of my neighbors I I, I I did a funeral service for her husband very at the right at the very beginning of the pandemic again you know with only six people there and it's that thing of being able to look across cross and say it's okay to cry and you know we're still crying with you and mm. and God's still crying with you because as I, as, I, as I was saying God knows your tears and God feels your tears and I yeah. think it's, it's I think this is a I think this is a powerful movement you know that's, that's beginning because in this you know standing outside you know in solidarity with with your door open also is going to it's paving the way for the folk that see once the kind of busyness when all the things start to return to normal there's so many people especially within our health service that when they stop actually there's just going to be all this you know there's going to be pain there's going to be exhaustion and I think it'd be quite emotionally overwhelming. And I think as a nation, we have to be able to be there for them, you know, and say, you know, it's not just clapping to say thanks, but it's actually we're, we we feel your pain and, you know, we're, we're grateful, but it's okay now to, you know, let it out. Yeah, you know? you're absolutely right. Absolutely. I think... This is back to what we were saying earlier on. It gives us an opportunity to to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, mm. for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And and it's about the one who draws alongside us. Uh, in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to tell that that he takes and carries and helps to carry the burden 
you know, and I think we sometimes don't speak openly enough about these things because you know what? What I've discovered in my life is that people know more about the Holy Spirit than you might ever imagine. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit's been at work in their life for a long, long time, long before I ever knew them. And maybe we need to sing that song to them so that it reminds them of the song again. Oh, I know that song. Oh, I've heard that song. Because it is their song. Yeah. Because they were made in the image of God. God made them to sing that song. And they've been singing the wrong song. And when they hear the real song, they say, that's music that I, I know. It's familiar. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's... Um... As I say, funny enough, when you when you quoted those words, um, you come on to me, all, all, all you who are he, um, heavy laden. I used those exact words at a funeral I was doing today, um, and the song that I was singing was "Death is not the end." And 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 for a lot of people, that's that's the song that people are, are wanting to hear just now because if they haven't been able to mark the occasion of the loss of a loved one. Um, you know, throughout this time, uh, they want that assurance as death is not the end. They may not have been there physically to mark that occasion, but it does not mean that they are not going to see their loved one again. They will when they're reunited in the heavenly kingdom. Mm-hmm. Hello. I've lost something here. I don't know where it is. I'm looking around with my screen. <laughs> they say they say that Zoom's like a modern day seance. It's like, is, yeah. it, is anybody there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just saying when you were saying that, yeah. uh, hot off the press, James. This is still to come over to you, but I've been working on this idea. You're talking about death; it's not the end, uh, yeah. uh, and I've been working on this. Lord, it's the awakening. The picture of the feast, the mountain, the sun shining, the air as clean as can be, the wine, the food, the noise of laughter, the crowd. It's an awakening, fresher than life itself. The sense of expectation, the feeling of being somewhere because you're wanted, you're loved, you're expected. It's an awakening to be more at home than home itself. The feeling of being somewhere because you want to be nowhere else. Because all you ever wanted will be here. It's beyond understanding. It's like an awakening. To be content beyond contentment. But it has been placed in our thinking by you, Lord, thinking that says, trust me, it will all work out. You see, there is no end, only an awakening. And as I listen, I hear the voice of an apostle saying, it hasn't even entered into the imagination of humans yet, but God has prepared for those who love him. So, Lord, I say, I can't 
really begin to explore what is in store for me, for us. So I'm simply trying to say, take my breath away if this is the end of dying. But I guess I could have started and perhaps I've already started to be awake. Wow. Beautiful. There's something for us all to realise there's something more. This, these tears are telling us we're sad, but we're full of joy because there's more to us all than meets the eye. Yeah. Not the ending, it's an awakening. What an amazing God we have. What an amazing story we have to tell. Amen. <laughs> you know, we should spend more time in this than process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And again, it's and that, and another and that's another part of the the song we should be singing when we when we're to get, when when we're worshiping. It's making space to be in awe of this incredible God who and and and, and for not only to, there to be a a time of if a time for tears and a time for uh, for lament, but also for there to be a time of actual personal wonderment and awe. Because we don't do that, we 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 often it's often in those moments where we we're in in the hearing of a sermon or in hearing a, a, a reflection as beautiful as that, um, Albert. You know, people having the wow moments in what in, in the words of other people, and it's about actually allowing there to be a time in our gatherings to be at one with the word of God and to actually to you know to to listen to the song of God and actually to to have those to have your own wow moments. Mm -hmm. Well, one of my uh, wow moments, Jonathan, this week was when you said, thank you for showing us that weeping can be a holy act. Oh. And I think as we come to, you know, towards yeah. the end of our time together, that's a really great um, thing to contemplate and kind of coming back to holiness. You know, this yeah. idea of what it's holy. Yes. Right. It just is right. It's just holy. Yeah. Um, and so thank you so much for writing that this week been a pleasure it's, and uh, thank you for asking me again it's always a joy when i get that email in the inbox <laughs> so you say <laughs> it is it really is it's it, it's uh, james as i said you know what i love about sanctuary first is it allows me to sort of to, to uh, it takes me out of myself and it and it allows me to um to have a time to really ref to dwell in the word and to and to try and share some of my sort of my inner thoughts and i'm really grateful for the opportunity to do that so thank oh, you. you. Thank you. You're a we're, blessing we're to us tonight, too. Jonathan. It's been great having you with us and for your contributions. You've just inspired us. Thank you. It's been thank great to be so here. Much. Thank you. Um, and I do hope that all goes well in your uh, in your in your call to your new place. Thank uh, you. To uh, God's leading you, that it will be successful and that God will continue to bless your ministry as is blessing so many people when you do right for us in Sanctuary First. Uh -huh. it
it's such an encouragement that uh, we we can see God at work in our church. Yeah. When we hear, when we start singing our songs, we discover how good they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, yeah. that's just 10 o'clock. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was really, uh, that was wonderful tonight. Oh, that's been lovely. Thank you. No, so we now, need to get, we now need to sing and get loudy. <laughs> yeah. um, Mark, are you telling us what's on? Do you want to just let us know what's on? Are you on duty tomorrow morning at seven as, as usual? Yes, I am. Uh-huh. Yes, I'm on um, 7 a.m. So if, if people haven't tuned in before, it's 7 a.m. on Facebook. We're live. Um, I, with some just 10 minutes, 10 minutes usually um, of, of prayer, a wee bit of reflection, but it's just lovely to be able to, you know, be with, be with their community um, together. It really is a joy um, and it's, uh, it's just wonderful. I love it. I love it whenever I see all the names coming in. It's, you can see that. I know that. Jesus. Wonderful. And and you know what I've noticed that see if um, I check in later on because if like you, you start to get to know people and you're like oh this one didn't come in this morning and then you go and check and you say oh they did they come in later on because <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you miss people you miss is that your the friends you know <laughs> and Sunday James what's on the on the on the this theme on Sunday. Well, so we, um, uh, this month, as you know, our theme has been Man of Sorrows, People of Hope. Um, And so we've been taking words from uh, Isaiah 53. Um, And so we are coming to the travail. And uh, and as we touched on earlier, thinking a bit about Jesus's uh, mental health and and the idea of sorrow and the potential of sorrow to be um, just as you (laughs) quoted, Albert. It was funny when you said about the sowing, um, sowing with... um, sorrow and reaping with joy and kind of this idea of what can come from our sorrow and this kind of link between sorrow and hope we've got some really uplifting songs and and an original song from jim so jim steals in doing a, doing the music this week and we have we've got a wee segment from jane as well so it is very much it's uh, yes the sorrow and the joy is is intertwined so as it it's a uh, and we've got we've got um, a reading from uh, Helmut in, in Germany, and um, I also have a reading from Jack as well. So it's uh, it's a uh, be a I think it's going to be a good one, James. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yours, Laura. So it's going to be it's going to be. Well, folks, can I just thank everyone for listening in tonight? If you have been uh, listening as a podcast, or if you've been watching on Facebook or on on the site, it's great to have you with us. And uh, remind you, that's my <laughs> that's my. Is that WhatsApp. you being told? That's Come my on. WhatsApp. <laughs> it's Harlock's time. It's Harlock's time. Yeah, that's the uh, no. the long cane dragging you <laughs> off <know>. the stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, Crook. As I've told you all before, I, the WhatsApp, I, I, I'm, I'm famous for not answering my texts in the WhatsApp, and Martha made that the family sound, so it's loud. So some of the family, Sarah Jane or Stephen or someone, has put something on WhatsApp, Someone's and I better answer it. 
<laughs> so listen, guys, until next week, next uh, Friday, which I will not be here because I'm taking next uh, some time off next Friday. So it will be James and Laura and uh, and I hope the doc. And hopefully the doc. And doc. Hopefully the doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So until next week, a huge thank you to Ray for sitting in and doing the technical stuff behind the scenes. And until next week, God bless. Thank <laughs> you.